0: Good afternoon, Producer Susan. How are you doing today? Great, Georgie Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You getting ready for the cold weather?
1: I am. It's going to be in the single digits as a high on Saturday.
0: Well, you know, uh, I used to live in Denver, and I understand it's going to be like my, uh, 17 below tonight with a high of one, high of one tomorrow. So, well, uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's cold. Uh, of course, I spent eight years in Syracuse, and there we would go a week without ever getting above zero. So I guess uh, what's
1: coming here on Saturday? It's going to be a high of eight degrees on Saturday. Oh my,
0: oh my goodness! How's your dog like the cold weather?
1: Ah, uh, he's not a fan. Loves the snow, but not the cold.
0: Not a fan. How's how do his feet uh, work out in cold weather?
1: Uh, I use something called mushers, as in uh, the Alaskan musher, the Iditarod. Uh-huh. Uh They have developed a special paste for
0: their feet. Well, great. All right. Hey, we got a lot of talk, to, a lot of talk about. So uh, we're going to try to cram it all in. Uh, for the first time listeners, it's uh, the situation with Jersey Joe. It's a uh, news and perspective you won't hear on TV. And uh, what do I mean about perspective? Again, some of the stories you, 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 won't, you haven't heard about at all and others you may have heard the story, but you may have only heard one side of the story. So as Paul Harvey used to say, uh, if I talk about a story you may have heard, you're going to hear what he used to refer to as the rest of the story. Today we're going to do something a little unusual. There's a theme today. I'm not going to talk exclusively, but um, I've got a theme today, which is called, which is going to be women and guns. Uh, so you're going to hear several things about women and guns. Uh, that's kind of run through the uh, the podcast. In fact, my quote of the day is going to be about why it's important to teach your daughter to sh- learn how to shoot. I've got a story about uh, that was on CBS the other day about. Uh, Women are buying guns. How many women, who are the women, and why they're buying them? Uh, I'm going to talk about a, 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 a why a local Ohio college had to pay $36 million to a local bakery. Um, why? What's blowing a hole in the New York City budget, and what does it have to do with the children's fable about the goose that laid the golden egg? We're going to talk about a... Uh, you ever heard of the U.S. Bureau of uh, Labor Statistics? Yes, I have. Well, we're going to talk about uh, why they overstated the number of jobs that uh, Biden created in the second quarter by a tiny bit. I think it was a mere 10,000 percent more than they actually created. So we're going to talk about that 10,000 percent overstatement and why you never heard about the correction. Um, and we're going to do at least one taxpayer relief shot today about a woman uh from Katy, Texas, where a woman confronts two armed intruders, including shooting and killing one of them. And if time permits, we may even play a second one about a woman. The second one is very, very dramatic, and it shows the trauma this woman goes through uh, after, uh, as she gets ready to, she's on the phone with 911, and we have real-time audio of her on the phone with the 911 operator uh, when she makes the decision to shoot the intruder. Uh, And it's what's the other thing that's interesting, She's on the phone with the 911 for a long time. The, the operator says, the police are on the way, the police are on the way. Well, the old saying, when when um, seconds count, the police are minutes away. That's exactly what happened here. She, she saw the guy trying to get in the home. He's banging on the door. She calls 911. Uh, and, okay, we're sending the police. We're sending the police. But before the police can get there, the man's in the house. Uh, so you think we can uh, fill up 30 minutes or so with that?
1: You always manage to amaze me.
0: <laughs> all right my quote of the day is anonymous and it's uh here's the quote of the day teach your daughter to shoot because a restraining order is just a piece of paper producer sue did your father ever teach you how to shoot yes he did what do you think of that quote uh, i think it's very true right and uh my first story is gonna is gonna be about women buying guns um and according and and why they're buying them and why it's so important according to the CBS report so far there have been 28 million background checks for gun purchases can you imagine that that's as of december 15th i think so we're going to hit about 30 million guns this year women now account for 40% of all gun purchases and here's an intre- two interesting statistics 33% of first-time gun buyers, women now account for a third of first-time gun buyers. And of those, um, Black women now account for 28% of those first-time gun purchases by women. And, and why is that relevant? Well, if you unfortunately, if you look at the FBI Uniform Crime Report for 2020, 3,573 women were murdered that year. And shockingly, 40% of those female victims, 1,440, were black women who, and now black women represent just 12 and percent of the female population of, of, of the country, but they represented 40% of the female victims. And most frequently, their killer is a current or ex-boyfriend or spouse. Um, you know, spousal abuse, boyfriend abuse. Uh, were you aware of those statistics, or at least the, the trend towards those statistics? Uh-huh.
1: No, they're, they're pretty astonishing.
0: If you Google the exact term, and you know how to do an exact term. You put you mm-hmm. put um, statistic You put quotes around the word about the term. Mm-hmm. Um, if you Google the exact term "woman killed by ex-boyfriend" and set your time filter for this past month, how many hits do you think you would get? Uh, I'm gonna I think it's probably pretty high. Unfortunately. You're right, you will get uh if you just do woman killed by ex boyfriend you'll get 307 hits just for the previous 30 days. If you change ex boyfriend to ex husband, you get another 52 hits. And again, this is just the last 30 days. And if you leave the time filter set for this past month and drop the word ex in front of husband, you get another 1020 hits. And if you drop the word X in front of boyfriend, you get 79 hits Wow! for total of more total number of stories about women being murdered by current or ex-boyfriends or current or ex-husbands in excess of 1,400 in just the past 30 days. Now, that's not saying 1,400 women were murdered in the past 30 days, because obviously when that happens, the story gets picked up and repeated over and over. But again, if we look at the 1,440 women um the 3573 women murdered in 2020 divided by 365 that's that's roughly 10 women a day are murdered predominantly by ex-husbands ex-boyfriends 10 a day that's excuse me uh, yes 10 a day 10 a day which is 70 every week which is 300 a month shocking Um, And I I can't tell you how many times when I go through these uh, taxpayer relief shots, it's an ex-boyfriend or irate ex-husband, you know, trying to come through the door. Uh, I did one a couple of weeks ago where uh, the ex-boyfriend, the woman had moved in with her parents to get away from the boyfriend. And the ex-boyfriend came armed, broke down the father's front door and the father shot the shot the guy. In his you know as he came through the front door but again it's it's an ex-boyfriend so um that's why it's important at least in my opinion it sounds like you agree with me that uh, single women or even married women for that matter uh, know how to shoot a gun and, and not be and be prepared to use it it's either that or be a victim um any thoughts
1: yeah I agree when when you call 911 it's think about how long I mean when you hear that glass break, the person's already entering your house. By the time you call nine one one, you you gotta figure they're two, three,
0: at the best minutes out. Probably closer to five to ten minutes out. Well, actually, it, it's worse than I. I haven't checked it in where I currently live now. But when I lived in Denver or near Denver, uh, the Denver, the highest, you know, they had all these like the you know the uh, number one highest priority like robbery in progress or attack, assault in progress. It was 14 minute response time. That was wow. their average response time for 14 minutes. Now, I lived out in the country. Um, I had horses. I was out in the country, and at night, you know, we had a pretty big county. I think there were like three sheriff's deputies on duties, uh, on duty. And so, where I was living out in the country, I'd I'd be stunned if they would get to if they could make it to my house in 14 minutes. But even in the city of Denver, uh, you know, big city, uh, half a million people, 14 minutes was their average response time on their highest priority calls
1: i'd say probably most places it's probably five to ten minutes
0: if you're lucky if you're you're lucky lucky. and and a lot can happen if somebody's coming if somebody's banging trying to kick in your door uh it'll all be over by the time the police get there anyway and you'll and we may play that one if we have time we may play two today we'll do a uh, we'll do the normal taxpayer relief shot and then we'll do a booster shot all right um Let's move on. About um, you, ever heard of Oberlin College? I have. It's uh, in Ohio, I believe. Correct. And uh, I don't know if you heard. Did uh, you, you know they had to pay a local bakery uh, thirty-six million dollars? I did not hear that. Well, here's the story. Going back, by is it? It was. They say bakery. It started as a bakery, but they also had like a little convenience store section they had a liquor license so you can go in there you could buy donuts you could buy a cake you could buy a loaf of bread but you could also buy a bottle of wine well back in 2016 um uh, a student came in uh with a couple of friends and uh, tried to buy a bottle of wine and showed the clerk and it was a family-run business the clerk was the son of the owner showed the clerk a fake id and the um and the uh, owner's son working the register refused to sell him the bottle of wine. Well, then he saw the, the guy uh, put two bottles of wine under his jacket, or one of the other guys put two bottles of wine under his jacket and try to walk out the store with the stolen wine. Well, the, the son ran outside, uh, and as the, the three of them were walking down the street, tackled the guy with the wine under his shirt. Um, anyway, the two bystander friends also Oberlin students intervened and attacked the owner. The police arrested the three students who later pled guilty to misdemeanor charges. The day after the incident, Oberlin students announced announced plans to protest the bakery, believing that the three students had been subjected to, quote, racial profiling. A flyer was circulated asserting that the Gibson bakery was, quote, a racist establishment with a long record of racial profiling and discrimination and accused Gibson of profiling and assaulting this guy who stole the wine. Uh, meanwhile, one of the deans, I won't mention her name, but she was the Dean of Students at Oberlin, attended the protest and influenced the, and influenced the school's dining hall to stop purchasing food from the bakery. Apparently the, the, the school cafeteria purchased yeah. the oh. products from the bakery on a daily basis. On the same day, the Student Senate passed a resolution urging students to stop supporting Gibson's and called on the college to condemn the store's treatment of, quote, students of color. Uh, That resolution laid out key facts about the incident, blah, blah, blah. It was emailed to the student body. But then this dean posted that student council resolution in a display case in the Student Center for almost a year. So clearly, the dean of students was advocating and promoting and siding with this. And again, they were display, They were saying, we're not going to buy your products. We're going to showcase this this resolution, claiming you're racist. Anyway, uh, the Gibson family sued Oberlin for libel, an intentional infliction of emotional distress, and sued the uh, dean of students personally for the intentional interference with the business relationship. In other words, it was her act to convince the... Uh, the um, what's what's in a, the, the student uh, cafeteria what would what he call the the part yeah. of the organization that buys food uh food services food services to stop buying their products and alleging the student protests and the and the flyer and by and the um the dean of students also handed out some that he didn't prepare the flyers but she also handed out some of these flyers claiming that the uh the bakery was racist Anyway, the Gibson's alleged that the student protests and, and the flyer were false and defamatory, and it caused them significant harm, all of which the court found to be true. well, the um the court sided with um, Aladdin with the uh, I'm sorry, the the court side sided with the Oberlins, uh, and that was a couple of years ago. And then they appealed and they appealed and they got it reduced from fifty million down to twenty five million, but because they appealed and delayed, um, with interest and attorney's fees, because um, the judgment also included interest from the time of the judgment plus their attorney's fees. and every time they appealed this thing, uh, get the Gibson bakery attorneys, of course, the the meter on their attorneys fees got bigger and bigger. So the bill finally got to 36.6 million dollars. and last week Oberlin College paid up. Of course, the attorneys you know the attorneys got a third. <laughs> but um, uh, that's uh, that was a case of where uh, the college stuck its nose in something they shouldn't have gotten involved in. They they uh, without justification sided with the students. They without uh, without uh, evidence to the evidence to support it. They supported the students' claim that the bakery was racist, and they paid the price. Um, I know you get involved in uh, some of the stuff going on at Penn State. Uh, any any thoughts on uh, how? Oberlin College handle that situation.
1: Yeah, I, I I do remember hearing about that. Now, when it first happened, I didn't realize that it has taken this long for them to come to an
0: agreement. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was for the, they they never came to an agreement. The appeals court finally told Oberlin College, um, "Stop. You lose. Pay up." So by their delay in appeals and whatnot, they could have paid. Uh, they could have paid back in 2018. They could have paid the 25 million. Their five years worth of delay and additional court costs drove it up to 36.6 million. So that's the price you pay for fighting something. Um, you know, they should have quit while they were behind and just paid the 25 million because it now costs them an extra $11.6 million by their delay. Anyway. So, um, that's what happened with uh that's why oberlin college paid a little family family run bakery 36 million dollars so it'll be a lesson to you don't uh, don't be so quick to judge and be careful what you say about um, other people because if you can't prove it you're going to get sued and you're going to lose all right um ever heard about the tale about the goose that laid the golden egg uh nursery uh, rhyme right and it's about the people getting greedy right mm-hmm I better take a sip before I start this one. It gets a little long here, so. All right, well, New York City, by the way, uh, so let's talk about New York City, which is now facing a huge budget gap because people have been fleeing the city. Shocking. Uh, And um, by the way, New York City, or Manhattan in particular, lost 7% of its population last year. Now, in terms of the demographic what what demographic what what do you think the typical demographic of the person leaving New York City is? Is it do you think it's a middle income or lower income person? I
1: want to say it's it's middle to upper income, uh, educated, uh, working um, family. Looking to uh, flee some of the crime that's been going on.
0: Crime? And let's talk about taxes. Any idea if you're if uh, you work on Wall Street and you make more than a million dollars a year which by the way is not that uncommon what do you think your combined New York state and New York city tax rate is
1: Uh is it like in the th- is it close to 30% No
0: no that's well if you add in federal taxes but at the oh. c- city and oh, state alone the, is Oh
1: good. I I have no idea what the city and state taxes in
0: New York but I know it's high 14% so if you had 14% on top of a top federal tax rate of 37, uh, you are talking about a 51% total tax rate because uh, right now you're if you are uh, do itemized deductions, your itemized deductions for state and local taxes are capped at only $10,000. So if you're a Wall Street guy or a big executive, you're a CEO of you know a big corporation and you're making 5 million, 10 million a year, um, you can only deduct $10,000 of your state and local taxes anyway um, in New York in Manhattan in particular that's different if you talk about the Queens and the Bronx you got some middle income families and in homes. but in the island of Manhattan you either live in a uh if you own so you either live in a in a in an apartment where the rent is uh twenty thousand a month or you live in a, a little condo that costs you three million dollars or you live in Harlem there's there is kind of no there is no although
1: Harlem is up and coming. They I have some friends that live in Harlem and they're living a pretty good life. Well, good. It,
0: glad glad to hear it. And I
1: think where this is coming from, the Harlem becoming an up and coming um,
0: neighborhood is when the Clintons moved in. Really? Yes. I'll be darned. Well, um, anyway, the impact of that seven percent loss of population in Manhattan is that the uh, the city is now. Has blown a hole in its budget. They, uh, because those seven percent disproportionately represented the high-income, high-taxpayer part of their tax base. Um, so Mayor Adams, who's a Democrat, um, uh, has come up. He's saying, um, "What? Where was Mayor Adams' quote?" He's he's saying. Uh, he said, my high income earners need to stay right here in the city. In a separate interview with, uh, Bloom, with the Bloomberg Channel, state controller Thomas DiNapoli warned that New York was re- reaching, quote, a tipping point where we, where we make it economically unsustainable for enough of those folks to stay here. And when he talks about those folks, he's talking the high income folks. And again, it is, uh, you know, you've got thousands of people uh, who work in uh, in uh, Manhattan make over a million dollars a year, so that's not a uh, that's not unusual for to have thousands of people making over a million dollars a year. And here's the other thing that happens: um, as you drive out people, I, I think last time I looked, uh, New York City had a uh, oc- uh, uh, office building occupancy rate that uh, was only about sixty percent. And the price of an office building is determined by the cash flow. So if you have an, an office building that's half empty, the market value of that office building is not determined by what it cost to build or the ground it's sitting on. Its cost, its the market value is is what does it generate in revenue? Well, the market value of these half empty office buildings is plummeting, and when the value of the real estate plummets, and the same thing with a condo apartment. If um, you had a condo apartment, you paid for you paid uh, twelve million dollars for. And then you put it in the market to move out, and you only got, and the new buyer only paid five. Well, guess what? Uh, that five million purchase price becomes the new cost basis for property taxes. So not only are they losing high income tax revenue, uh, they're suffering with uh, a loss of uh, real estate property taxes as well. So now you've got both the mayor and the state controller are saying that you're we're uh, approaching a tipping point where it's become economically unsustainable. For enough high-income folks to stay here, and uh, the and the coup de, coup de grace came from newly elected Governor Kathy Hochul on Thursday, vowed no new tax hikes or budget uh, or budget cuts. They finally come to the realization, and here's a word, here's a phrase I learned. It's called capital mobility, meaning that money is fungible and it can move. And I think we talked a couple of weeks, did we? Talk a couple of weeks ago about. More than six thousand millionaires and billionaires renounce their citizenship and mm-hmm. left left the United States yep uh, and when they do that by the way they take their money and they take their tax revenues with them and they move to someplace nice like Belize you know they move down there they take their yachts hey I you know I can live in I could live in Belize you know I think i think Belize has a, a total tax rate of about six percent so I mean if you were making a couple of million dollars a year and you could pay a total tax rate of six percent, instead of a combined 51% tax rate and you could save 2 million, 3 million a year in taxes. Wouldn't you make that move? Absolutely. So that's what's happening in. Although uh, I'm
1: not a fan of the Belize, uh, the uh, heat and humidity. It's not good for my hair. <laughs> oh, there's Belize, you know, there's,
0: <laughs> there's all sorts of other places you can go besides Belize. You can go to uh, you can go to Aruba, nice dry place. Like ever been to Aruba?
1: Uh, no, I haven't, but I heard it's uh, nice uh, with uh, the wind.
0: Yeah, by the way, a little side, a little tangent here. There's two types of tropical islands. You've got uh, two types of uh, uh, Caribbean islands. You've got tropical islands like Puerto Rico and Jamaica, which are lush and green, and it rains almost every day for you know a couple of minutes. Very high humidity, and then you have uh, desert desert islands like Aruba, Aruba, Bonaire, Curacao where it rarely rains. The humidity is typically, you know, down in the, uh, you know, 12%, 7%. Um, so you can go to, now, if you go to Puerto Rico in July, you'll die. It's, it's unbearable with the humidity. You go to Reuben in July, it'll be 105, but there's a breeze blowing, almost no humidity. So if you weren't aware of that, um, uh, tropic islands come in two, Caribbean islands come in two flavors, desert and tropical. So if you're thinking about taking a Caribbean vacation, uh, keep that in mind. If you want to go in January, well, then maybe one of the, the more tropical humid islands is where you'd want to go. But I wouldn't go to Puerto Rico or Jamaica uh, in in July or August because you'll you'll just melt. All right. So let's move on to how much time we got. You have about 10 minutes. All right, so we might be able to squeeze... Oh, um, so we talked about women and guns. We talked about uh, Oberlin College. Uh, let's talk about... Uh, let's talk ab- about the, uh, the the job creation statistic. So here's a question. If I overstate something, uh, if, if I double, if I said, well, it was... Um, uh, the number was the, the number was 100 and the actual number was 50 what by what percentage did i overstate that
1: 50%
0: No, it's 100% right but you yeah you doubled it yeah yeah i doubled right so if i double something i overstated it by 100% if i triple it if i if i said something was 150 and the actual number was only 50 i overstated it by 300% right yep. 150 is Is 300 percent right? Well, in um, this past July, the U.S. uh, Bureau of Federal uh, Labor, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that for the second quarter of this year, which would have been uh, April, May, and June, that the U.S. added uh, over 1 million new jobs. They reported 1,121,000 new jobs. And it, made, it, was, it was front page news. I went back and checked all the news reports. I put my time, and everybody was applauding Biden for creating more than a, that was more than well uh, three hundred thousand new jobs every quarter for three three quarters in a row. And it was uh, uh, you know applauding fantastic new record. Uh, Biden's recovery plan is working. We added a, we added one point one million new jobs in uh, in three months. Huge news. Huge news. Well, last week the Philadelphia Federal Reserve, using a more comprehensive data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics quarterly census of employment and wages, which sample which is based on sampling eleven million businesses, um, compared to only the six hundred and by the way the quarterly number the monthly numbers they only they only survey six hundred and seventy thousand businesses uh, when they went through the quarterly, they they you know, they surveyed eleven million. Which is fifteen times the six hundred and seventy thousand they used to come up with the monthly numbers. When they went back and and uh, and looked at the quarterly numbers based upon interviewing eleven million businesses, um, you know what the, the number they came up with was? You no know what? Uh, ten thousand five hundred. You think ten thousand five hundred is is just not quite one point one million? Not even close. Not even close. So anyway, so the ratio, so one million claiming one one point one million was overstating the actual number of ten thousand five hundred by ten thousand five up to ten thousand six hundred percent. Did you happen to see that uh, correction on the news last week? Uh, not at all. <laughs> I didn't see it on the news either. Um, so it, it's amazing that when they thought the original number was one point one million. It was headline news. All the business channels: CBS, ABC, NBC, CNN, MSNBC. Up, and I could, you know, if anybody wants to go back and Google that, just go back Google. Set your time filter for July twenty twenty two, and just do uh, new job creation. You'll see all these glowing, praising stories about Biden's job creation. Well, it wasn't one point one million for three. The total for three months was ten thousand five hundred. So we talk about perspective. So the question is. Why, when there's this stunning correction showing that new job creation was a tiny fraction, I'm talking not even less than 2% of the original number. Nobody makes a big deal and said, oh, we were off by 98%. It just never makes the news. So When you talk about bias in the media, I think that's a perfect example.
1: Um, I think there's a deeper question and I don't know what the word for what the media calls this though so there's a difference between job creation and actual filled jobs you can a corporation can create a lot of jobs but there's not bodies willing to fill
0: them right and so uh, by the way uh, that's a good point so when the Bureau of Labor Statistics talks about job creation they're talking about filled jobs you know it's the net new hire so they take Net new higher job
1: creation. That's actually bodies in jobs.
0: Bodies and jobs, right? That is how the Bureau of Labor Statistics defines it. Now, you are correct, by the way, because uh, the last time I looked, we had two open unfilled jobs for every job seeker. Um, so yes, there's a lot more available jobs. Last time I checked, about a month ago, we had 11 million open unfilled jobs in this country. Which, by the way, is why. Um, wages are spiraling up very, very quickly. I think you've experienced this. Uh, you, you were trying to get people hired out there at Penn State. What were you offering uh, for, for uh, at Penn State?
1: Uh, well, I mean, we have. Um, this was just not even the full time jobs. This was just student jobs. We were offering um, significant meal incentives um, as bonuses and um, uh, graded. Um, Flex pay, so the more hours you work, the higher your salary.
0: Right, and you couldn't fill, uh, yeah, and you couldn't fill jobs. And no, you we, we actually
1: just had a job fair on December ninth or tenth, so just a couple of weeks, just a week or so ago, and and you know we we have hundreds of jobs opened, and you know I think we have about fifty, we hired about fifty
0: people. And you had to shut down some some food courts and some of the the dormit- some of the dormit- uh, last,
1: uh, yeah, last uh, academic year, yeah, unfortunately we had to cut down the less popular, shut down some of the less popular uh, eateries just to disperse the staff that were there to service the students that were on campus.
0: Right, because you couldn't staff them. All right. Hey, we're going to move on to taxpayer leave shots. We're running out of time. Uh, Sorry to cut you off like that. But uh, anyway, taxpayer leave shot, this is where a good guy or a good woman with a gun shoots a thug. uh, And when they shoot the thug, uh, the the taxpayers don't wind up uh, having to foot the bill for a court-appointed attorney. Uh, And if he goes to jail, that's you know, that's $80,000 a year to keep him in prison. So 10 years in jail is $800,000. And I'll let the sheriff of uh, Santa Rosa County, uh, Florida, explain to you what he thinks the taxpayer relief shot is. Here we go.
2: Somebody's breaking in your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do actually, hopefully you'll save taxpayers money.
0: And that was the sheriff of uh, Santa Rosa County. How about we go to Sheriff JD, JD, Joe, uh, Grady Judge, who's also a sheriff.
2: Suggest that if a looter breaks into your home, comes into your home while you're there to steal stuff, that you take your gun and you shoot him. You shoot him so that he looks like grated cheese.
0: All right. So those are two different sheriffs of two different Florida counties. Uh, And again, they're saying, hey, yeah, we actually prefer you shoot these thugs because it's going to save us a bunch of money. I want to try to squeeze two taxpayer relief shots in. Um, The first one is about a woman, 60 year old woman. She's not a spring check and she's home alone. Two armed guys break into her house um, and she winds up uh, shooting them both. The second one, if we have time, is a much more emotional one. It's about a woman on the phone with with 911. But let's see. Let's do this first one. Here we go. This
1: this is usually a very safe neighborhood, completely very safe.
2: Neighbors watched investigators work a scene they never expected
3: in the middle of the day. A neighbor had a burglar in the home and apparently shot it.
2: Detectives say two men actually entered the home uninvited through an open garage door, surprising a 60-year-old woman inside. Uh, Both were armed with pistols. Uh, She confronted both suspects. That female then retrieved a handgun and fired several times at both subjects. One man collapsed and died in the woman's front yard. It is unclear if the other got
0: shot. And what do we call it when the guy dies in the front yard?
2: Dead right there.
0: DRT, dead right there. Here we go.
2: But he did get away
0: and was last seen
2: running out of the neighborhood.
0: And have we ever had one where the buddy sticks around to try to (laughs) Where the thug's (laughs) buddy sticks around? No loyalty. <laughs> no loyalty. <laughs> I, I mean, you knew that was coming, right? The, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually back that up. The buddy was seen running away. Here, we, I'm going to actually back that up a little bit. Last seen running out of the neighborhood.
3: But you know what? In the state of Texas, you're going to get on somebody's property. You're going to get shot. That's just the way we are. That's just Texas.
2: The woman told detectives she did not know either man who entered her home. It's too early to know if they picked the home at random, something neighbors say the pair, no doubt, quickly regretted. And at this hour, we're told that woman is fully cooperating with investigators who say it is too early to know if she will be charged with any crime. Mia?
0: Too early to be charged with any crime. Can you imagine any prosecutor in his right mind trying to charge that woman with a crime? No. Uh, Was there ever more clear-cut case of self-defense, two guys armed with guns come into your house in the middle of the day. Uh, You just sometimes have to wonder what these people are thinking. Anyway, uh, we have time to do another quick one. You have uh, five minutes left. All right, good. This is going to be a very, very emotional one. You're going to hear this woman on the phone with 911. Here we go.
3: My back door, he's trying to get in. He's hollering and yelling. Okay, and you He's have a gun? Yeah, I guess I do. I do not have it out. Okay. So I want you to sign and I will use it. So I want you to stay on the line with me? I will. He is banging on the door. I've been hearing that. Hear he looks like an older man, but I don't know. No, I don't understand the going on. getting close to the door. I'm going to go like and get the gun out. It's a shotgun it's hard. Can you understand
0: what he's saying at all? By the way, and this I'm I'm looking at a picture on the video. The house is it's it's a rural house. You look, there's no neighbor within. I can't see another house. You know, maybe there's another house a quarter mile away. So this woman's by herself out in the country.
3: He's acting crazy. Hey, do you have license you can go inside your house and lock some stuff in a room? I've got a big stop done. I'm not going into a funny bathroom. little oh, crappy to the back. Hey, County 13 is advising that you can defend your property if you need to. I don't want to have to kill this man, but I'll kill him graveyard dead, man.
0: Did you hear that? I don't want to have to kill him, but I'll kill him graveyard dead. Did you hear yep. that one? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, understand. I understand. All right.
3: He's breaking it now. He's breaking he it. gun on him. He looks to be an older man. I don't want to kill him. To kill him. Okay. They need to hurry. He's going to break this and help him. Okay. And he does. i don't want to kill him. I understand, ma'am. You yeah. have to protect yourself. I will. Ma'am, have they got through the house? I'm going to shoot. Oh, my God. Ma'am, is your phone I, I saw him going out front. I hit him. God help me! Please, I I help yeah. It's okay, ma'am.
0: It's okay. You 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 have to protect yourself. Okay. So you yes. haven't you yes. haven't heard that before? What was your reaction to that?
1: No, the the nine one one caller just said you have to do what you know. Protect yourself.
0: And of course it was tr- very traumatic for the woman. You can hear her yeah. praying, you know, God in heaven. I think I killed him. Um, so again, that was our theme today. We had two taxpayer leave shots. Uh, the first one was a 60 year old woman. And obviously this woman was an older woman by herself. And by it turned out the guy breaking in was a convicted felon, um, you know, trying to break into this woman's rural home. So, uh, again, that's why if you have a daughter, uh, teach her how to shoot because, uh, Again, when seconds count, the police, the police are minutes away. Anyway, we're running out of time. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed it uh, and you want to see some of the materials, go to the website, jerseyjoe.com, J-E-R-Z, jersey with a Z, J-E-R-Z-E, jerseyjoe.com. Um, and if you want me to put you on your mailing list uh, so I can email you these directly, just email me at joe at jerseyjoe.com and I can actually put you on a distribution list where you get uh, the YouTube version of this podcast. Otherwise, you can listen to it on your uh, podcast platform, be it uh, Spreaker or um, uh, the Apple uh, podcast or Spotify. Anyway, joe at jerseyjoe.com, if if you've got a question or or suggested topic, uh, or if you'd like me to put you on distribution, we'll listen with that. Unless you've got something to add, uh, producer Sue?
1: Nope. Uh, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and I'll see you next week.
0: All right, I'll talk to you next week. So be uh producer Sue be good. Take care.
1: Bye.
0: All right, bye-bye.